Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. So when it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and referrals, NetHealth's digital marketing solutions has the tools you need to beat the competition. They know you want your clinic to get found, get chosen, and definitely get those five-star reviews on Google. NetHealth has a new offer if you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how Digital Marketing Solutions can help your clinic win. They will buy lunch for your office. If you're already using NetHealth Private Practice EMR, be sure to ask about its new integration. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit. And I actually use this service and it is well worth the money. I've already made my money back. Um, It's been really great. So if anyone has any questions, you can always contact me and I'd be happy to answer some more for you. All right, on to today's episode. So I'm really happy to have on the episode, Brian Gusky and Tim Reynolds. They are the authors of the new book, Movers and Mentors. And that is what we're talking about in today's episode. So what they did was they reached out to over 70 Uh, physical therapists, movement specialists, and interviewed them, compiled all those interviews into this book. And I'm really happy to say I was one of them. It was such an honor. Um, A little bit more about them. Brian is an outpatient orthopedic physical therapist practicing in Rochester, New York, working primarily with patients with spine-related issues and persistent pain. He earned his doctor of physical therapy degree from Ithaca College in 2014, completed an orthopedic residency program through Cayuga Medical Center, and received his orthopedic clinical specialist certification in 2015 and earned a Master's of Business Administration degree from Simon Business School at the University of Rochester in 2021. Tim is a clinical assistant professor of anatomy and physiology at Ithaca College and a part-time physical therapist practicing at Cayuga Medical Center in Ithaca, New York, where he predominantly treats patients with spine or lower extremity impairments. Tim earned his doctor of physical therapy degree from Ithaca College in 2014 and completed both his orthopedic residency and spine fellowship through Cayuga Medical Center and currently helps mentor and teach in both of these programs as well. So a huge thank you to Brian and to Tim, one for having me, um, for including me in their wonderful book and for coming on the podcast to talk about the book, what they learned from it, how they did it. So everyone um, enjoyed today's episode. Hey, Brian and Tim, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you guys on to talk about movers and mentors. So welcome. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for having us today. We're excited to sit down and chat with you. This is great, Karen. Thank you so much. Well, thank you guys for including me in your book with over 70 other um, pretty illustrious folks in the uh, movement science, physical therapy world. So let's start with the basic question that I'm sure a lot of listeners want to know. What is the why behind the book? Yeah, so... Uh, Karen, Tim and I were going through uh, residency, orthopedic residency together 
back in 2015. We both graduated from Ithaca College in 2014, and we both uh, entered into a residency program at Ithaca or in Ithaca in 2015. And uh, as we were going through the co coursework there and kind of taking different classes and really kind of immersed in the, in the PT literature and, and physical therapy space and various different content, uh, we started noticing a lot of reoccurring names and, and reoccurring themes. Um, and so, you know, different names like Tim Flynn, Josh Cleland, um, Shirley Sarman, Stuart McGill, you know, all these, all these uh, names that, that uh, you know, names in our, our rehab space that have done a, a lot of really cool things and have put out a lot of different research that, that, you know, we follow to this day. So we started noticing those names and Tim and I were also reading a, uh, a book by um, Timothy Ferris called Tools of Titans at the time. Uh, and we really liked that book and we enjoyed it and we got a lot out of it. He had interviews people like, uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Oprah Winfrey. So various different industries and various different spaces. Um, but we liked the model of that book. And, you know, we started to ask ourselves, well, I wonder how, you know, individuals and movers and shakers within our industry would answer questions that we have. Uh, so fast forward two years, um, there was 20, uh, 17, 2018 at that point. And Tim and I started putting together uh, a list of questions and a list of names. Um, and at that point, you know, we kind of, we kind of took it from there and Tim has a little bit more info on how we, uh, how we came up with the names. Yeah. So it's one of those things that we could have written a 5,000 page book in regards to the movers and shakers within the physical therapy industry. And I think one of the most important things that Brian and I have tried to stress is that this is a living project. This is not a one and done situation where there are movers and shakers that are currently developing and changing the practice. And so I think that's one of those things that, yes, there are people within the pages that, um, that are, we're happy to have there, but at the same time, there's so many other people we'd want to reach out to. And we look forward to having the opportunity to potentially talk to those individuals in the future and are excited to see how does the profession change in the next five to 10 years and who are going to come up and literally shake the industry um, that we have the opportunity to be part of. And so as we started to go about this, like Brian said, we're diving into this literature. Um, I had the opportunity to do a spine fellowship after doing my orthopedic residency. And so the amount of Tim Flynn articles that I've read over the past three years was obnoxious. And so we started to make this um, almost like PT dream team, if you would, where we said, okay, from a, from a literature standpoint, who do we, who do we invest ourselves into a lot of? And like Brian mentioned, uh, John, John uh, Childs, and we have Josh Cleland, and then we have Tim Flynn and Shirley Sarman, Gwendolyn Joel. There's these names that we have read multiple articles from. And so kind of selfishly, we put together this list of people that we would really appreciate reaching out to because we've been so invested in their, in their literature over the past several years. And then from there, we kind of spread our net a little bit wider because we had to see who's moving the industry from a clinical practice standpoint, right? So not necessarily from an academic or research standpoint, but from clinical practice and who's moving it um, in regards to social media or influencers, because um, as someone who works in academia and works with the up and coming physical therapy generation, those are the people that they're following 
on Instagram and on Twitter. And so they're moving and shaking the industry in that format. And we looked at who's been guest speakers at recent conferences and who's putting out um, podcasts and who's really trying to have the opportunity to get our profession to move in a positive direction. And so from there, we've created this sort of master list. Um, we reached out to all of them and some had the opportunity to participate, which we're super thankful for. Um, some uh, respectfully declined based on the fact that they have other stuff going on. But I think one of the things to remember, Brian has sort of given us a time frame. This was right pre-pandemic that we started to reach out to all these individuals. And what's been such a, a blessing is that we've been able to cast a wide net across multiple different countries, across multiple different um, professions. But at the same time, we reach out to people in Australia and there's Australian wildfires. And so we're trying to really respect individuals' um, personal and physical well-being while navigating global pandemic, while trying to also conduct interviews. Um, and so it took us a little over two and a half years to be able to accumulate everything and be able to put everything out into a book format. But um, super thankful to have those people within the pages. And like I said, I'm excited to have the opportunity to reach out to more in the future. It takes you know a couple of years to get all this together. How did the two of you keep the momentum going over two plus years. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think from the outset, Tim and I both thought, oh, we'll send out some emails, you know, we'll get a handful of responses. It'll be a cool book. Yeah, maybe we'll sell two, maybe, you know, five, including our, our siblings and parents, that sort of thing. Um, and really, from the first batch of emails that we sent out, you know, Tim and I were really every time we got a response, we would text each other, or shoot each other an email immediately. Like, hey, Peter O'Sullivan responded or David Butler responded or Karen Litzy responded, you know, this is awesome. Like we're actually doing this thing. So I think, it, you know, you spoke to momentum, Karen, and that's one thing that Tim and I, um, you know, we've never really hit a point where we were at a, a lack of that or hit a dull moment, if you will, uh, because every time we got, we did another interview or we got another email or we set up a, you know, maybe a podcast, uh, it was definitely adding fuel to the fire and, you know, they kept us pretty engaged and pretty excited throughout the whole thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, two, I think if you asked us when we first sent out our emails in 2018, Hey, you know, this is, you're going to publish this in 2021. We'd say, no, it's going to be next year. And then life happens and pan pandemics happen and several other things. And, uh, you know, it turned into a, a two and a half year project, but, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun the whole time and, and Tim and I still are, uh, still are excited about it and excited about, about the future too. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things, um, it was kind of like Christmas every single time we got a response because it was super cool. You send out these, these emails or you give a phone call to people that you've literally have had as your mentor from afar for years. And it's like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to have the opportunity to sit down. Like Peter O'Sullivan, I've watched a lot of Peter O'Sullivan videos from a pain science standpoint, from spine fellowship work. And having the opportunity to sit down with Peter O'Sullivan for an hour and 15 minutes was like amazing. I was super stoked. And so, um, so all of those opportunities to talk to these people definitely continue to keep that flame burning. Um, and at the same time, you talk about how do we sort of balance that, that excitement and try not to do too much too quickly. Um, Brian and I have known each other for years. Um, 
this has been such an amazing project to be able to find a partner that you one appreciate and two after two and a half years don't hate. Um, so I think that's like a, a really good thing. And I think we balance each other out very well where um, we are both skilled in a variety of different formats. And then at the same time, um, after reading your draft manuscript, probably like five times through and through, you really do not want to read one more time. And there's points where we're like, I think it's good. I think we just, just push it out, uh, call it a day. And then um, Brian could probably agree that I'd say, well, let's just read through it one more time. And then you'd catch one or two small mistakes. And um, so I think it's one of those things that uh, just finding the right person that's willing to invest and stay motivated to push you and challenge you um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, from a business standpoint, your partner is, is, is everything. And so um, I think that's been uh, one of the blessings that we've had with this, with this project. Yeah, I love it. I think that's great advice is to have that person who compliments you. Were 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 there any interviews that you did that surprised you? Obviously, when you when you interview over 75 individuals, you get a variety of different responses. You talk to a variety of different personas, a variety of different characteristics. Um, and I think going into it, knowing the background of someone's, <clears throat> I use the metaphor of like the front cover of a book. We all have like front cover worthy attributes or accomplishments. And then it's like, well, what's on the inside of those pages? And so we see everybody's bio and I've been on X, Y, and Z shows or have published this many papers. And, and so we see all that stuff, but we never really hear some of those people talk or talk personally about some of their successes and some of their failures. And so I think everybody had the opportunity to um, have some elements of a surprise, but I think what was also cool is Brian and I made up this master list and it was basically just based off of accomplishments and achievements um, or their influence on the profession. And so for instance, I, I'm looking through and uh, like talking to Michael Rathliffe, who is um, who's a researcher that I've read your research, but I've, I never really pictured what you would look like. Um, and I never really perceived that you would have such amazing responses within this book. So I think it was those individuals that I might not have been so invested from like following me on social media or um, have watched your YouTube videos and really getting a chance to know them in an hour, hour and a half. Those were the interviews that really caught me by surprise, but at the same time, I think I walked away with so much more because there is so much unknown that they're willing to offer me. Um, and so I think, I think that was the most exciting part or the most surprising part for me. Yeah, I think kind of because of the types of questions that we ask, we really, Tim and I joke about this. If we wanna know, uh, you know, Shirley Sarman's recommendations for, you know, motor control, we can find that online. We can, we can Google that, right? Um, if we want to uh, know, you know, how David Butler opens uh, his pain talks, we could probably find that somewhere in explain pain or explain pain supercharged. But, you know, how uh, Heidi Janenga, who's the uh, CEO of, or COO, excuse me, of um, uh, WebPT, how she structures her day and what her favorite failure is. It, those are things that, that, you know, you can't find, you can't find that in textbook, you can't find that online. So the types of questions that we asked really opened, opened it up to, to knowing these people from a, a different perspective. 
um, which we thought was pretty cool. I'd say that one of the uh, individuals that really stands out in my mind, Tim actually did this interview, but I transcribed it. So I got to listen to everything literally word for word uh, was Stanley Paris, who's one of the founding fathers of orthopedic uh, manual physical therapy in, um, in the United States uh, and North America for that matter. Um, and I mean, this guy is, is just incredible from sailing around the world to swimming the English channel to founding St. Augustine to, um, being, you know, a founder and president of various organizations. Like the guy has done it all to, to owning a winery or several wineries. I believe he's just, you know, a jack of all trades. And, uh, I think listening to that interview, I was like, you know, he's, I think 83 now. Uh, and I, my jaw was dropped to some of the, some of his answers and some of his experiences. So that was, that was really cool. But, um, I mean, we had so many, so many great interviews. Jeff Moore was a terrific interview. Um, Peter O'Sullivan, like we talked about Kelly Starrett gave, uh, you know, exceptional answers. So we were really, really lucky and, and, you know, positively or you know, surprised, I should say surprised in a, in a positive way with, with all of our guests. It's like an education for you, right? Definitely. Yeah. 110%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was one of those things. Uh, um, I had the opportunity to speak with Michael Shacklock um, and such a well-spoken, um, such a thoughtful, mindful person. And back in residency, Brian and I did some uh, research with neurodynamics and um, neuromobilizations. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like you're the dude that was like <laughs> <laughs> giving us all this information. And now we have the opportunity to actually speak to the source. And so um, I think back to being like eight or nine years old and having all these posters of major league baseball players up on the walls and just like <laughs> thinking about how cool it was to have their pictures and to think about what it would be like to play baseball with them. And now to be able to communicate with some of these movers and shakers within the industry and have them be peers and be able to carry out a conversation and them learn from us as much as we're learning from them in that conversation is just such a rewarding opportunity. And do you feel like it has changed your clinical practice at all? How you are with patients? Did any of the answers or just even the interactions with some of these folks change the, change the way you practice? Yes. I would say more, uh, mindful and intentional. And I've slowed down in my practice. Uh, one response, um, or several responses from Mark Milligan, um, definitely kind of changed the way I, I think and, and operate within the clinic. And I've, I've definitely, um, tried to be more intentional, uh, and kind of think about my thinking a little bit more, um, in the clinic from a specific, you know, tactical exercise prescription perspective, not so much, um, cause that wasn't really the focus of our book. Um, but just, you know, Mark's mindset, uh, and kind of his, um, his, you know, recommendation to all young professionals to really, uh, kind of invest in themselves and to take care of themselves mentally and physically so that you can take care of your patients better. I thought was really powerful. So, yeah, I'd say uh, a little bit more in intentional focused and I've slowed down. Yeah. And I think sort of piggybacking off of what Brian was saying, less so about the actual clinical approach to what sort of treatments are you providing? And I think that was one of the, the most exciting things about the book was 
we were not talking about what's your favorite three exercises for X, Y, and Z, because there's so much saturation, um, I'd say from a social media standpoint, um, which is great. I think that's one of the things that's challenging the profession that anybody has the opportunity to put out content. And it's one of the, the curses of the profession that anybody has the opportunity to put out content. Um, and so I think, um, the opportunity for young graduates and um, PT students and individuals interested in the movement science field, they have to sift through a lot of information to be able to find out what is truly valuable for them. And like Brian was saying, these are the answers to questions that aren't necessarily within a textbook, but also probably not necessarily on people's social media channels also. Right. No one really steps up to the plate and says, you know, that one time when it took me three tries to get into PT school, that was really a good point point in time in my life. Or, yeah, I remember when I failed the boards. Um, those are things that I think can really influence and be sort of career or life changing for these individuals who, um, as a current college professor writing final exams, getting ready to watch um by an influx of tears in my office in the next about uh, 48 hours, um, who, who perceive failure as such a detriment to their potential growth and well being as a person. I got a B plus on this test. All of my friends got A's. I cannot necessarily navigate that situation. That's like the conversation that I hear all the time. And so, talking about how have things changed my practice. I'm currently part-time in the clinic, more time from an academia standpoint. So I think it's changed my communication opportunities with the next generation. Being able to literally use this book as an encyclopedia and knowing the responses that people have given, flipping to their name and saying, I need you to read this chapter um, from Mike Reinold, where he talks about becoming an expert because you're not there yet because you shouldn't be there yet because you haven't gained clinical judgment and clinical experience and it's going to be okay, but go read this, come back in five minutes. And so I think that's how I've been able to sort of benefit from this, um, from this experience and how I've taken it and influenced my own practice. Is there anything else kind of about the process of, of compiling and, and publishing the book that you would love people to know because it made such a big difference in your lives. And on that note, we'll take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and be right back with their answers. When it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and increasing referrals, NetHealth's digital marketing solutions has the tools you need to beat the competition. They know you want your clinic to get found, get chosen, and definitely get those five-star reviews on Google. NetHealth is a fun new offer. If you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. If you're already using NetHealth Private Practice EMR, be sure to ask about its new integration. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit. I think uh, one of the blessings of our profession is the laterality component to your growth as an entrepreneur, but also as a professional. Um, we graduate with a clinical doctorate, or and this can be 
transcribed across multiple professions, but you go to school to be able to learn how to learn, right? And in our profession, we sit for a board certification, which it gives us the opportunity to practice as a clinician. Within that, you can wear multiple different hats. And I think what was nice with this is that title allowed for us to speak to a variety of different people and have this mutual commonality, which was physical therapy or movement science or the treatment of individuals with certain pathologies. And I think this would never have happened if we didn't make ourselves vulnerable and uncomfortable because who are Brian and I, and why should we have the opportunity to talk to Karen Lipsy? Or why should we have the opportunity to talk to David Butler? Or why should, and so we had this idea and it all stemmed from the courage to be able to reach out and ask, because you never know unless you try. And so I think sharing one of these uh, thoughts with your listeners is, I think we all have dreams and aspirations that are slightly beyond our scope of practice. And sometimes we limit that opportunity for us to navigate those ideas because we are either potentially afraid of failure or just don't know what the outcome is going to be. And so since that's an unfamiliar territory, we just assume and therefore we never attempt. And so I think the, one of the best things that I've learned from this is accepting failure for what it is. What's the worst that they're going to say? No, I do not want to be part of this. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, and the best thing that we could do is create a relationship, create a mentorship opportunity and have sort of this professional friendship um, that stemmed from a cold call email. And so I would, I would recommend, at least my thoughts would be challenge, challenge yourself to step beyond your comfort zone because the benefits of that can be significant if you're, if you're willing to try. Yeah, I, I think there's some level of uh, kind of normalization of failure and imposter syndrome within this book. And I think when you dive into it and you dive into the, re the responses, um, everyone has been there. Everyone I'm speaking to, you know, students, uh, new graduates, young professionals here. Um, but I guess the message kind of spans, um, anyone in any part of the PT space or industry with it, however many years of experience, um, you know, everyone's felt that level of, uh, imposter syndrome or, um, or fear of failure and the kind of ability to, to, kind of push through that, overcome that and almost use that and leverage it to, to, to push further or, or um, overcome obstacles is really powerful. So uh, I think of it like if you're ever kind of at the top of a mountain in terms of, uh, you know, imposter syndrome, if we look at it like a, like a curve or like a mountain, if you're at the top of it, then, you know, what's really driving you and what's, what's pushing you forward. If you're kind of somewhere along, along the line on the slope, then um, you have some level of uncertainty, some level of fear, um, or some level level of imposter syndrome, and that's actually going to fuel fuel you to learn more and be better, be more effective. Um, and again, one of the main themes of this book was finding a mentor and the importance of that, and how valuable that can be in any any track or any you know facet of of our profession. Um, so kind of find that person that's 
doing uh, something similar or doing exactly what you want to be doing. Uh, and, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to them because we're in the, we're in the business of helping people. And thankfully we have a lot of um, professionals uh, around us that, that want to help other people, but also want to help, um, you know, students, young professionals. So don't hesitate to reach out. Um, you, I think you'll be surprised with, uh, with, you know, the, the feedback or the, the return on that. So uh, definitely, definitely find a mentor and, um, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't fear or stray, stray away from the, the imposter syndrome, use that as, as fuel. Yes. And I will say I got a piece of advice several years ago from a fellow physical therapist's son. So her name's Cecily DeStefanos. She's a physical therapist um, outside of DC. And we were in Chicago for a one night Q&A with Lorimer Mosley. And the next day we were walking around. She had her five-year-old, six-year-old, uh, somewhere around there, young son um, with her. And she was sort of walking up ahead and he was walking next to me. And he said, uh, Miss Karen, uh, would you like to have a play date? And I said, well, I don't, I don't have any children. And he was like, no, just you. And I said, oh, um, okay. Well, I think we should probably ask your mom first. And then he gave me a great piece of advice. And he said, yeah, because if you never ask the question, the answer is always no. <laughs> and it's I was so like, true. and I said, that's the best piece of advice I've gotten in years. And you're like five. So thank you very much. <laughs> so just to bookend what, what you guys said, if you never ask the question, the answer is always no. And I've never forgotten that since he said that. And so now I just always ask, ask the question because the worst that can happen is it's no. And so, okay, you move on. Um, but you never know unless you try. Okay. So true. So let's, uh, we'll start wrapping things up here, but now I, again, thank you for including me in this book. It's a real honor. So if, um, you want, if you guys have any questions to, I guess I can expand upon or, you know, anything else that, that maybe I, I don't know. You go ahead. Talk about being out of your comfort zone. Go ahead. You ask me. I'll hand the mic over to you guys and I'll, I'll see. We'll see what we can do here. Sure. Karen, thank you again for being a part of this. Um, I really liked your response. Uh, we were speaking about failure a little bit before, um, and I really liked your response on failure. And the last uh, comment here you have, I'll, I'll read it right from the book. It says, Failure has taught me to be more introspective, to have an open mind, to trust in others more, and to know that in the end, it will all work out the way it is supposed to. I was wondering if you could expand on the to trust in others more. Uh, do you have a specific example that you're thinking of or examples um, or just, you know, have other people come in at really um, important times to help you out when you were, you know, in a, in a you know, event of a failure? Well, I, I, I can't think of one person or one incident in particular, but what I will say is I am um, personality type, a driver. So someone who likes to get things done, who, who likes to be in the driver's seat, who I don't need help. I don't need help. I can do it on my own. I can do it on my own. And I, as a result, I think that, yeah, I've had failures because I tried to do it all by myself and it just doesn't work. You know, and so um, there, there's a great 
uh, team building exercise called Lost at Sea. Google it. They give you a list of things that maybe you need when you're lost at sea and you fill them out what you think you would need from one to 15 or 16 or something like that. So you do it on your own and then you, you do it as a group and then you find out like, did you do better on your own or did you do better when you had someone helping you and better meaning like, did you survive lost at sea or were you eaten by sharks? (laughs) Right. And time and time again, in the group that I did it with, everybody did better with the group for me. And I learned that uh, I took um, the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business program, and it was part of that program. And the big part of that program is learning how to be part of a team and learning how to have people around you that make you better. And so I think my biggest failures came because I didn't ask for help. Because I always thought, no, no, I can do this on my own or or, I can handle this. And quite frankly, I couldn't. And so it resulted in a failure. It resulted in a less than optimal outcome. It resulted in stress on me and and perhaps some mental and emotional anguish um, when, in fact, I could have just had a team around me, asked for help, and that task probably would have been done better. So when I said that line, I didn't have one particular person or event in mind, but rather that like, sometimes you have to like suck it up, you know, and admit that you can't do things and it's okay. It's just part of life. Um, like I had interviewed a woman, her name's Stephanie Nikolic. And she said, you know, trying to do it all will keep you small. And she's right. You know, you can't, it's, it's hard to grow as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a clinician, my God, if you just did everything on your own, I mean, you'd be like, I don't know, you'd stop growing from the day you graduated from college, right? From your PT program. So you, you need the, these people around, you need people around you who can lift you up and, and, and make you a better person, a better clinician, a better entrepreneur, whatever it is. Um, but you'll never be that evolved person if you're on your own. It's just impossible. Yeah, I think, Karen, like the number of hats that you wear as a business owner, a podcast host, a volunteer, an advocate, right? You, you kind of need people like that in your ecosystem. And it, for so many projects, and especially the bigger the project, it really does take a village. And you need people that specialize in certain aspects to come together as a team. And, you know, Tim and I have talked about this kind of checking checking your ego at the door sometimes and just kind of leaving that, as you said, Karen, you know, kind of admit that you can't, um, you can't accomplish it all by yourself. So I, that was a, that was a really great answer. And, you know, I think you spoke to some of the points about being more introspective and having, having an open mind as well. Yeah. And Uh, being able to trust people, clearly I have trust issues. Um, But, you know, I think finding like, like you guys said, like you found each other, you knew each other for many years. So you had this really nice trust and bond. And I don't know, maybe it's like 20 years in New York has made me a cynical New Yorker or something, but, <laughs> you know, but really finding those people that you can connect and trust that they have your back and you'll have theirs, I think is really important. I think uh, another question that I would have just to sort of elaborate on, obviously um, we have a variety of individuals that are listening um, right now, clinicians, non-clinicians, entrepreneurs. Um, and one of the questions that we ask within the book is, 
what advice would you give to a smart, driven college student or young professional entering the quote unquote real world? And I think one of the things that you mentioned um, that was really valuable was that it is easy to say yes to everything when you believe it will further your career. I would advise you to only say yes to the opportunities that align with your values and goals. As the saying goes, saying yes to one thing is saying no to something that might be a better fit. I think that's really powerful because I think we're in a society of more is better with the perception that doing more is better. Um, so knowing, knowing who is listening to this and having the microphone, if you would, um, for, for a minute based on that question, can you elaborate on that? Mm -hmm. Or if you had to um, give that sort of monumentous speech regarding that topic, I think that could be really valuable for a variety of different people listening. Yeah. And, and I think that saying that saying yes to everything or only saying yes to things that align with your values. I mean, yes, you have to really only say yes to things that align to your values. But I think that speaks to speaks to that 30,000 foot view of society in general and of social media and what we're seeing everyone else do. Right. So you may scroll through your Instagram or Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it is you're on. And you may see, well, gosh, this person just they wrote another article or gosh, this person's speaking here and they're doing this and they're starting an app and they're they've got a podcast. And how come I'm not doing all that? Should I be doing all of that? So I should be why, you know, I need to be doing X, Y and Z. And and, you know, you've got that that. Um, FOMO disease, you know, your fear of missing out. And then you bombard yourself with things that you think you should be doing because other people are doing them, but it's not even something you believe in, but you think you should believe in it because, because other people in the profession are doing it and look at how many followers they have, or, or look at all the success. And I use that in quotation marks because we don't really know someone's true success out on social media, right? Because we only put the good stuff on social media. You're not going to put the shitty stuff on social media, right? I think this saying yes to everything, I think a lot of it is based on societal pressures, what you're seeing on social media, maybe what a colleague or a, someone that graduated with you, like, oh my gosh, they already started their own practice and I didn't do that yet. So I guess I have to do that. And I have to say yes to this, that, and the other thing. And it's, I think you really have to, especially now, like take a step back, know who you are, know your values, know, know your individual mission statement is, right? I know you guys said you have a mission statement for your book, but I would challenge everyone, like you have your own mission statement as whether it's a clinician or you're in academia. As clinicians and as physical therapists, our job is to get to know the, the patient in front of us or the student in front of us or whoever it is in front of you. That oftentimes I think we give away big parts of ourselves without taking it back and looking inward. Um, and so you, you kind of get this like drain on your empathy and your energy goes on as the day goes on. And, and I think that happens a lot in, in these kind of giving professions that we are in, whether you're a, a professor or a clinician, um, or even a researcher, right. You're going to give all of your energy to that. And then, so you're always looking outwardly all day. And do you take the time to come back at the end of the day and look at yourself inward and say, well, wh what am I doing? 
Like, why am I doing this? Am I doing it for the likes or to get more followers or like, what is your goal? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of where that saying no to things comes in. If you know your why behind why you're doing things, um, it will make it easier for you to say yes and to say no, because it's going to align with, with who you are, but that takes time, you know? Um, so as a, a new, as a student or a new professional, you, maybe you do have that all figured out. And if you do awesome, come on the podcast, let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> how'd you do it? But you know, if it, it takes time and you have to kind of find your groove and, and really know where you want your career to be headed. And some people do know that right off the bat. I didn't, but it doesn't mean that other people don't have a very clear path of, of where they want their career and life to go, you know? Um, and, and there's obviously that changes here and there, but I think that's what I meant by that quote is looking for those opportunities is to really know yourself and what you're, how, how much are you willing to take? How much capacity do you have for X, Y, Z? And if you don't have the capacity for it, then don't do it because it's going to be done like half-assed, you know, and nobody wants that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think that's great. Yeah. I think, great I advice. Think, yeah. Finding, finding your why and staying true to your why and finding things that, that sort of line up with that to allow for you to not have that emotional physiological draining, if you would find things that fill your cup, not, not dump your cup out. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's a nice way to put it. Um, yeah. So Karen, thank you so much, um, for, you know, kind of expanding and elaborating on some of those, um, yeah. you know, as, uh, Tim and I mentioned in the, uh, in the beginning, I think when we were, we were chatting probably before we were recording, Tim and I wanted to, um, probably get a podcast started at some point in the future. And, you know, we'd love for you to come on and be one of yeah. our guests so we can talk more about this stuff. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And now before <laughs> we wrap things up here, where can people find you guys? Where can they get the book? Let's go, go ahead. The floor is yours. Yeah. So we have a website. Um, the website is moversandmentors.com. Um, on there is all of our social media information. Um, and uh, links directly to Amazon, where you can find both our uh, Kindle version and paperback version. Um, if you have questions, comments, please tag us, send us stuff on social media. Um, Tim and I love that. We, you know, we've been very fortunate. We've had really engaged, um, you know, an engaged audience up until this point. Uh, and so, you know, we're looking, we're looking for more of that and uh, shoot us a, an email if you want and with, with comments. Um, or feedback. We'd, we'd love to hear that as well. Great. And how about where can people find you on social media? Oh yeah. Our, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Media, yeah. Tim knows that thing. Tim's got our handles there. Yeah. So uh, my, uh, you can message me on Instagram. Uh, Tim Reynolds DPT would be um, my, I think it's my Twitter and Tim Reynolds pen would be my Instagram and we'll send you that Karen. So you can sort of tag it along with the podcast. Um, but no, like Brian was saying, I think the opportunity to interact with our, um, with our audience is one of the most exciting things. Uh, getting somebody that reading the book from South America and is so excited to receive the book um, is one of the highlights of our day. And I think having the opportunity to have our, uh, our, 
audience also send us who do they think should be the movers and shakers in our uh, potential upcoming volumes of this would be something that we'd really appreciate. Um, there's so many people within the profession that we do not uh, know of yet. Um, and so obviously appreciate having their insight and input um, in that as well. Yeah, so I'm at, at Brian Bry Gusky on uh, Instagram, and then uh, we're at Movers and Mentors both on Instagram and Twitter. Perfect. And all of that will be in the show notes at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. So before we wrap up, what is a question I ask everyone? Uh, what advice would you give to your younger selves? So let's say fresh out of PT school at Ithaca. What advice would you give yourself? I would tell myself, uh, stay curious. Um, because I find that when I'm curious and asking questions, uh, that means I'm engaged. And I think engagement, uh, if it aligns with your, your purpose and your passion, then you have kind of all three things in alignment and that, you know, lends itself to a, a happy, fruitful, and hopefully, you know, effective career. Excellent. Tim, go ahead. And I would say sort of piggybacking off what we were talking about earlier, Aaron would be, um, continue to search for the why, and it's okay not to know. Um, and I think that's one of those things where finding your why and staying true to the values is one of those, uh, it's, a, it's a life journey if you continue to search for that throughout the lifespan. Um, but I think actively checking back to, is this lining up with my why would be one of the things that I would want to do um, either from a journal reflecting standpoint or just from like a quarterly check-in. Um, but then also the acceptance of it's okay not to know, not necessarily not to know what your why is, but not to know certain things in part of your life. Um, and I think being 22, 23, 24, and trying to navigate your 20s and um, thinking that everybody in that sort of FOMO aspect is having these solutions and answers. Um, and it is okay that you do not know yet. You are enough. You will be enough. Challenge yourself and have the opportunity to allow for that growth and expansion. You guys, that is great advice. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast and sharing your book. Again, it's Movers and Mentors and it's available on amazon.com. Um, go to their website, go to the social media. Uh, everything again is at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. One click will take you to anything you need for both Brian and Tim. So thank you so much guys for coming on. Thanks for having us, Karen. Yeah. Thank you, Karen. Pleasure. And everyone, thanks so much for listening. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. A big thank you to Brian and Tim for a great conversation. And of course, thank you to our sponsor, NetHealth. So when it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and referrals, check out NetHealth's digital marketing solutions. They have tools you need to beat the competition, get found, get chosen, get those five-star reviews. Right now, if you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary audit through NetHealth today. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.